Hello everyone, this is Urvashi Chahan. Welcome to Quotes Today by Live Law, your one-step destination to all legal developments in the country. Coming to you with a brief of what all happened in the Indian courts today. Starting with the important update on Manipur violence. The Supreme Court today heard the batch of petitions concerning ethnic clashes in the state. The matter was taken up by a bench comprising CGI D.Y. Chandrachud, Justice J.B. Pardewala and Justice Manoj Mishra. The batch of petitions include a petition filed by the Manipur Tribal Forum Delhi seeking the protection of the Kuki tribe by the Indian Army, a petition filed by Chairman of the Hill Areas Committee of the Manipur Legislative Assembly challenging the Manipur High Court direction to consider the inclusion of Metei community in the scheduled tribe list. And the two women who were shown in the horrific video in Manipur being paraded naked and subjected to sexual violence also have approached the Supreme Court in a writ petition. The court today came down heavily on the union government, the state government and the Manipur police for the lack of proper records and the delay in registration of FIRs. The court was informed that around 6,000 FIRs had been registered, but the state did not have bifurcated data of the FIRs. CJI Chandrachud significantly said that the viral video incident could not be seen as a standalone offence and commented that it was part of a systemic violence. The bench also emphasized on the need to rebuild confidence in the people and help them to return to their normal lives. Senior advocate Kapil Sibyl, appearing for the two women in the sexual violence viral video, categorically told the bench that they were opposed to the center's proposal to hand over the investigation to the CBI and transfer the trial to Assam thus expressing no confidence with the Central Bureau of Investigation. Senior Advocate Indra Singh highlighted that the women were still traumatized and she suggested that women who had experience in dealing with victims of sexual violence amidst riots should be asked to interact with the victims. Also, the CGI responded to advocate Basuri Swaraj's intervention requesting the court to act on violence in Bengal by saying that what is happening in Manipur is unprecedented. You can visit our website at livelaw.in to know in detail about the matter and the courtroom exchange. And now let me tell you a new update on case relating to Priya Varghese's appointment as Associate Professor at Kannur University. Priya Varghese is the wife of K.K. Ragesh, private secretary to Chief Minister Pinnarai Vijayan. The Supreme Court has today issued notice on the petition filed by University Grants Commission against the order of the Kerala High Court that allowed her appointment as associate professor, treating the period spent by her to pursue her PhD to be counted as teaching experience. The Apex Court accordingly also stated that the appointment made in furtherance of the impugned order would be subject to the final outcome of the appeal. In this case, a writ petition had been filed by Dr. Joseph Skaria, who was ranked after Varghese in the rank list. 
challenging her inclusion stating that she was not qualified for the post as she did not have the prescribed 8 years of teaching experience in november last year a single bench had directed kanor university to reexamine the credentials of priya varghese to be appointed as associate professor then in june this year a division bench of the high court upheld her appointment observing that the period spent by her on pursuing her phd degree under the faculty development program could be counted as teaching experience also during the hearing today the division bench of justice jk maheshwari and justice kv vishwanathan orally remarked that to some extent the high court's observation was wrong Stay tuned for further updates on the matter. In another update, the Supreme Court today dismissed a petition filed by the CBI, which challenged Karnataka High Court's temporary stay on a probe against Karnataka Deputy Chief Minister D K Shivakumar in a corruption case. The bench comprising Justices B R Gavai, C T Ravi Kumar, and Sanjay Kumar declined to interfere as the matter is pending before the High Court for final adjudication. Let me tell you the background of the case. The interim stay order challenged arose in a 74 crore disproportionate assets case against D K Sivakumar, in which the CBI had initiated investigation in September 2019 after receiving sanction from the then B S Yadurappa-led government. In October 2020, Sivakumar was booked by the CBI under Prevention of Corruption Act. Sivakumar moved the Karnataka High Court challenging the proceedings against him. In April, a single judge bench dismissed this petition, but during the course of the hearing, granted him relief by staying the CBI probe on multiple occasions. Further, Justice K Natarajan of the Karnataka High Court ultimately dismissed Sivakumar's plea, leading him to file an appeal before a division bench of the High Court. A division bench is currently hearing Sivakumar's appeal and last month the order of single judge bench was stayed by the division bench. In the next update the Supreme Court has today issued notice in a plea by a woman lawyer accusing a district bar association in West Bengal's Kakdeep of arbitrarily terminating her membership and harassing her. The petitioner Bina Das has accused the bar association of arbitrarily terminating her membership for refusing to resign from the post of a mediator and targeting her for her decision. The allegation is that the woman lawyer was not being allowed to sit inside the court premises or enjoy any of the common facilities available there including a public toilet. In many direct and indirect ways she was being deprived of a livelihood at the behest of the bar association and its office bearers. The special leave petition has been filed in the Supreme Court against the Calcutta High Court's refusal to transfer to itself or any other court the litigation pending before the local court. In support of this prayer the petitioner has claimed that she was not allowed to engage in any lawyer nor was she allowed to speak when the matter was called out in the court. The Supreme Court issued notice in the plea but also advised the petitioner to read the book by Fali Nariman where he talks about maintaining good relationships with colleagues at the bar and the importance of a harmonious atmosphere at the workplace. 
In another update, Madhya Pradesh leader of opposition Govind Singh has withdrawn a petition filed in the Supreme Court over the validity of the election to Rajya Sabha of Union Civil Aviation Minister Jyotir Aditya Sindhya. The now withdrawn appeal was filed against the Madhya Pradesh High Court refusing to review an order framing issues in Singh's election petition. The Congress Legislative Assembly member had challenged Sindhya's candidature as a returned candidate from the Bharatiya Janata Party in June 2020 Rajya Sabha election on the ground that he did not disclose particulars relating to an FIR registered against him. Earlier this month, the top court had also dismissed another plea questioning the issues framed by the MP High Court in a petition challenging Sindhya's election to the parliament in 2020. And now an important observation from the Telangana High Court, especially for those of you who do not follow any religion or maybe atheists. The Telangana High Court has ordered the state government to provide a no religion and no caste column in the application for birth certificate. Justice Lalita Kanaganti observed that the petitioners had every right not to follow or profess any religion and such right was implicit in Article 25 of the Constitution. She further said that the system had to evolve along with the times and the changing requirements of the citizens. In this case, the petitioner couple had contended the mandatory selection of religion and caste in the application for a birth certificate, without which the application is not accepted, and this being against the right to religion. It was submitted that the application under column for religions provides four options to choose from, that is Hinduism, Islam, Christianity and other religions. However, the application did not have a column for no religion. The petitioners submitted that theirs was a love marriage and they belonged to different religions but had gotten married without any religious rituals or customs and had vowed to raise their children free of any religious influence. The court has significantly observed that the right to freely profess, practice or propagate any religion includes in it the citizen's right to say that they do not believe in any religion. The citizen has a right to act as per his conscience and beliefs. In the next update, the additional sessions judge Murshidabad Subdivisional Children's Court has recently sentenced a child in conflict with law to suffer rigorous imprisonment of 12 years for the offence of rape under the POXO Act, committed upon his cousin and neighbour. Child in conflict with law is a commonly used legal term while referring to a person who is below the age of 18 years and has been alleged to have committed an offence. In this case, at the time of the offence, the accused was 17 years old and the victim was 11 years old. According to the prosecution, the minor girl and the accused were neighbours and cousins. In 2018, when the girl had gone to the house of the accused for an errand, she was brutally assaulted and raped by him. It was submitted that due to such aggravated assault, the minor continued bleeding from her abdomen and had to be shifted to the labour ward of a local hospital. The case of the defence, on the other hand, was one of complete denial. The defence did not examine any independent witnesses, but instead attacked technicalities 
such as there not being enough corroborative evidence as well as non-examination of certain witnesses by the prosecution. But the court brushed aside the contentions raised by the defense without the credibility of minor's statement and held that in this case, the minor had herself appeared before the court and corroborated her version of events, thus leaving no scope for any doubt. At the sentence hearing, the court sentenced the accused to 12 years of rigorous imprisonment along with a fine, keeping in mind that due to the nature of the offence, the accused could not get the protective benefit of Chapter 11 of the Juvenile Justice Act and he was tried as an adult. The Kerala High Court has directed the CBI to take over the investigation of a case involving Punjab National Bank's former senior manager who is accused of cheating and defrauding the bank of an amount of more than 12 and a half crore rupees. This case was registered at the instance of the present senior manager of the bank alleging the commission of offences under various provisions of the Indian Penal Code like criminal breach of trust by public servant and cheating and dishonestly inducing delivery of property. Justice Beku Kurian Thomas relied upon the Reserve Bank of India directions of 2016 and directed the inspector of police to inform the CBI of the crime so that it can take over the investigation and complete the same as soon as possible. And lastly, an important update from the Delhi High Court. The Delhi High Court is set to consider issuing various directions and guidelines to be followed by the Delhi Police in cases of missing children. Justice Swarnakant Sharma was hearing a father's plea who was aggrieved by the lapses in the process followed by the Delhi police in tracing his minor daughter. His daughter, aged about 16 years, had gone missing on 10th July. A complaint was lodged by him the next day at Kalandi Kunj police station and the FIR was registered under Section 363 of IPC, which relates to kidnapping. Later, the child was found. Justice Sharma interacted with the minor and noted that she had expressed her apprehension that her parents would discontinue her studies and may treat her badly. The court directed the father to ensure that the child keeps on going to the government school where she is studying and directed the SHO police station Kalandi Kunj to send a female sub-inspector to the house of the petitioner in plain clothes to find out that the child is attending the school comfortably. The matter will now be heard tomorrow to consider the aspect of issuance of guidelines to Delhi police for tracing missing children. Thank you for joining us. If you wish to know more details about the cases I mentioned here, you can visit our website at www.livelaw.in. Stay ahead with quick legal updates only on Live Law.